Christchurch, New Malden, 12th of April 2020, Easter Day. Stephen Kurt speaking on Encountering Jesus When It Is Still Dark. Well, it's a very different Easter Day, isn't it? This is my 17th Easter at Christchurch, and it's normally the day that we'd be having a wonderful celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in a packed church building, usually in beautiful spring weather, followed by that traditional Easter egg hunt out on the church lawn. Children running all over the place to find those chocolate eggs, and those of us who are older enjoying seeing their fun and excitement. But this Easter, while the weather may be beautiful, the Christchurch building stands empty. The lounge is also empty. And the church lawn stands empty as well. And we're listening to this service in our homes, unsure of how long the current situation will last and what will happen next. At the time of recording this service, our Prime Minister is still seriously ill and in hospital. The statistics coming through each day on those who've died from coronavirus are still deeply troubling and upsetting. And many of us are separated from our friends and wider families. And all in all, it can seem a very odd time to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the hope this brings to the world. And yet that's precisely how many Christians in the past, and sometimes in the present, have had to celebrate Easter. During the very darkest days of the Second World War, Easter continued to be celebrated at Christchurch and in other churches throughout the world. And during other terrible times as well, times of conflict, times of plague, famine, and persecution, the church, both past and present, has continued to celebrate Easter. And that's because Easter speaks particularly strongly into the context of trouble and hardship. In fact, the message of Easter, that Jesus Christ is alive because he has risen from the dead, speaks more strongly into times of hardship than really anything else, because it brings a hope that can make a massive difference to our ability to cope in difficult and troubling times. Other than Jesus himself, the most famous figure associated with the resurrection is really Mary Magdalene. A number of women are mentioned in the Gospel accounts of the resurrection of Jesus, but Mary Magdalene is the only one to occur in all four accounts, and within John's Gospel, there's a special focus upon her. A number of traditions exist about Mary Magdalene, but in reality, we don't know much about her other than that she was one of a number of women who followed Jesus during his earthly ministry, and that Jesus, according to Luke, had driven seven demons out of her. Now what that specifically means isn't clear, but it seems that Jesus had brought Mary liberation from evil, followed by a renewed purpose and direction for her life. One of the things about Jesus that we can sometimes miss is how radical he was in his attitude towards women. For a rabbi to have female disciples was unheard of. And yet Jesus not only encouraged women to follow him and learn from him, but he gave them considerable responsibility and accepted their financial support. Mary Magdalene, with a troubled and probably disastrous past, had found through Jesus Christ healing, forgiveness, acceptance and a purpose for her life. But then all of this appeared to have gone. Many of us during this crisis of coronavirus have felt that everything that we value, 
has become suddenly under threat. And it was even worse for Mary. Suddenly this man who'd brought meaning and significance to her life was violently taken from her and put to death in the most horrific way possible. And equally suddenly, she and the other women who'd followed Jesus were seemingly back where they started, on the margins of society, with little value or significance within a harsh and cruel world. That was the Mary who went to the tomb of Jesus early in the morning on that very first Easter day. Because of the Sabbath, Jesus had been placed in his tomb in a hurry and without the normal rituals taking place. And Mary was there to honour and fulfil those rituals, shattered and downcast, but doing her best to honour a dead friend. But she got more than she bargained for, didn't she? Arriving at the tomb early on that Sunday morning, Mary found the large stone in front of its entrance had been removed. First she ran to tell Simon Peter and John and took them back to see the empty tomb. And sometime after that, Mary had this amazing and life-changing encounter with the risen Jesus. And there's a detail in the very first verse of this passage, John chapter 20, that's worth noting because it's there to signal the significance of what was going on on that very first Easter day. On the first day of the week, it says, whilst it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. When we have an echo of an earlier passage from the Bible, it's virtually always significant. And here we have an echo of the first day of the week of creation, at the very start of the Bible, when God created light. And what it's therefore signalling is that the very first Easter day 2,000 years ago represented the first day of God's new creation. The first day of that new creation breaking into the world to transform it. Now that may be a bit hard to hear at a time when so much in our experience is tough and so much of the news is really gloomy. But as we read this story about the first day of God's new creation, with a particular focus on Jesus' encounter with Mary Magdalene, there's quite a lot that can speak directly to us. Because first of all, what we see is that Jesus meets with Mary in her grief. We're told that on the first day of the week, when Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, it was still dark. It was dark because it was so early in the morning. But Mary's life still seemed very dark as well. Three times in this passage there are references to Mary crying with grief and confusion. And that of course is precisely how a lot of people are feeling in this country and indeed throughout the world at this time. There's a huge amount of grief around because more and more people are losing people dear to them to coronavirus and there's fear and confusion as like Mary the world that we knew and everything that we thought we could count on has suddenly be turned completely upside down. But it's in that state of grief, when it's still dark, that Mary encounters first the empty tomb. The empty tomb that indicates that Jesus has risen. And later on, both the angels that Mary encounters outside the tomb and Jesus himself speak to her through her tears. And it's a further reminder to us that as we see in the Psalms, God does meet with us in our grief. 
Any proper relationship involves being honest about how we feel. And here in this story, we see the risen Jesus meeting with Mary in her grief as those tears express her hurt, her confusion, her fear and disappointment. It may be Easter Day 2020, but it's still very dark for many people at this moment. It's still early in the morning, so to speak, before the sun is fully up. But because it's still Easter Day, Jesus is risen. And that's why he could meet with Mary in her grief. And that's why he can also meet with us in our grief, our hurt, our confusion, fear and disappointment. He can meet with us to bring the comfort and strength of his presence. A few chapters earlier, we hear of Jesus himself weeping at the grave of Lazarus, his friend. And it's because God has become a human being in Jesus Christ and remains a human being in Jesus Christ that we have a God who can relate to us in our grief. That links to a second great truth that we see within this passage, which is that Jesus' encounter with Mary is deeply personal. All the resurrection stories in the Gospels are deeply personal, whether it's Jesus meeting with Peter or with Thomas or with that couple on the road to Emmaus. And it's the same here with Mary Magdalene. When there isn't Jesus first encounters Mary, she doesn't know who he is and she thinks that he's a gardener. Until that is the point where he speaks her name and calls her Mary. And it's at that point that Mary, previously in the darkness of her pain and hurt and confusion, suddenly realises the truth of Easter, that Jesus is no longer dead but alive and how this changes everything. And it's important to emphasise that the risen Jesus calls every single one of us personally and by name. Earlier we heard Psalm 139 read by Tim with its wonderful affirmation that God knows us inside out because he created us. And that same God who knows us inside out and created us as a completely unique human being with deeply special and unique things about each one of us, he also comes to meet us personally in the risen Jesus. Now, as I say this, I'm partly straying into the truth of Pentecost, which we'll celebrate in 40 days' time, when we remember the coming of God's Holy Spirit, so that we can personally know his presence within us and be equipped for his work. But I mention it now, because this rests upon the foundation of Easter, and also because it brings a reassurance that we need to hear at this time. One of the good things uh, about these online services is the way in which they've been accessed by so many people, including some who are coming back to church for the first time in quite a while. And it's important, therefore, to emphasise that just as with Mary, the risen Jesus is calling each one of you out there by name, and he's calling you by name to belong to him. Because that's the final point that I want to draw out of this passage which is that Jesus' encounter makes it clear that the path was now open for Mary and the path is open for us to belong to God. When Mary Magdalene understandably clings to Jesus in the story, he responds with these words, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to my father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and your father, to my God 
and your God. Jesus came from God to bring us into precisely the same relationship with the Father that he possesses. That's why he calls the disciples his brothers. And the reason for the emphasis on my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. St Paul later said in his second letter to the church at Corinth, if anyone is in Christ, new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And it's because of Easter Day that we can know that whatever we're facing at the moment, God's new creation has broken into this world, bringing hope of the future that God has promised when the whole world will become everything that God made it to be. And the way that we display our belief in the resurrection of Jesus and the hope that it represents for this world is by acts of obedience to the risen Jesus. Jesus gives Mary the task of witnessing to his resurrection and he gives that task to us too. And that's the call that he's making to us on this Easter day. The call that he's making to all those who belong to Jesus. To display to the world through our words and through our actions that there is hope. Because whilst it may still seem very dark, particularly for some, it is nonetheless Easter Day. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. God's new creation has broken into this world and will one day be everywhere within it. So during this difficult and dark time of crisis brought about by coronavirus, because of Easter Day we really can know that every act of faith, every act of hope, and supremely every act of love that as Jesus' followers we show to others at this time is part of displaying the truth that Jesus is alive and that God's new creation is amongst us and is here to stay. Amen. <laughs>